Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1744. Are meal plans any good? By Sam Lynch of fitinitiative.co.uk. And I'm Dr. Neil, your host and narrator. Happy Monday, and I hope you're enjoying your Memorial Day weekend if you're in the US, and welcome back to another week of Optimal Health Daily. This is where I read to you from some of the best health and fitness blogs on the web, kind of like an ongoing audiobook, and always with a bit of my commentary at the end. And again, since it's Memorial Day here in the US, I just want to take a moment to remember all those who have served in the armed forces and continue to serve. We thank you. And with that, Let's get right to today's article as we optimize your life. Are Meal Plans Any Good? By Sam Lynch of fitinitiative.co.uk If you've tried to lose weight in the past, then you may have come across different meal plans or even coaches trying to sell you one. Before we get into whether meal plans are any good, let's define what a meal plan is. A meal plan is a sort of food itinerary for the day in which each of your meals are planned for you. The idea is that this will take the thinking out of the process and give you a clear plan to follow. Meal plans typically limit you to certain foods, have minimal alternative options, and are a rigid form of dieting. Here's a basic example of what a meal plan could look like. Meal one, porridge oats with water, about 60 grams. Blueberries, about 50 grams. Almonds, 15. Snack, whey protein shake with water, 30 grams. One piece of fruit of any variety. Meal two, 150 grams of chicken breast, half cup of whole grain rice, half cup of broccoli, half cup of green beans. Meal three, 150 grams of ground turkey, one cup of pasta, half a can of tinned tomatoes, one shredded carrot, one cup of spinach. Looking at that at its face value, there's nothing necessarily wrong with the meals. But the issue isn't the foods or the meals. It's the principle of giving a rigid plan for someone to follow. Why does that matter? The biggest underlying factor when it comes to successful dieting is adherence. Take that meal plan previously mentioned and give it to 50 different people all looking to lose weight. How many people do you think will actually stick to it? Will it work for 50 different people with different lives, and different preferences? People aren't robots, and when it comes to food, there are a myriad of caveats that affect a person's adherence. You can have the greatest meal plan in the world, but what's the point if you don't stick to it? This brings me to the first main point. Meal plans do little to educate you. 
Give a woman or man a fish, and she or he will eat for a day. Teach a woman or man to fish, and she or he will eat for a lifetime. I'm a big advocate in educating clients in nutrition and helping them to consciously make better choices, understanding the whys, hows, and find what works for them. Think about the example I previously mentioned again. Apart from telling you exactly what to eat at each meal, what else have you learned? Let's say you follow that meal plan precisely and get results. What happens next? What happens when you can't source those ingredients? What happens when you really want a certain food? What happens when you need to think for yourself? Knowing more about foods, the principles of weight loss, and improving your relationship with food are paramount to long-term success. Rigid versus flexible dieting. As mentioned, meal plans are a rigid approach to dieting. The issue with rigid dieting is that the majority of the time, it's shown to be inferior to a more flexible approach. A rigid diet can lead to dichotomous thinking when it comes to nutrition and can result in demonizing certain foods, excessively restricting yourself, and the development of a bad relationship with foods. This dichotomous thinking isn't helpful in the longer term, especially when it comes to maintaining your weight loss. Whereas a flexible approach gives you unconditional permission to eat anything, just not everything, of course. That's not to say I'd recommend solely eating chocolate cookies, but it's important to understand that you are able to enjoy these foods and still lose weight. Without getting into the nuances of specific foods, the point is that the underlying principle of calories in versus calories out can be reinforced by different methods, and the method you use doesn't really matter if it maximizes your adherence. Eating within the realms of only certain foods that don't take into consideration your personal preferences can create an environment in which you are restricted from the things you like. When this happens, you may be more likely to experience cravings, which can lead to binging and a negative relationship with food. Meal plans typically don't address your relationship with food. A big part of long-term success with weight loss is improving your relationship and understanding of food. A large number of people regain weight once they've lost it, and this often comes down to the diet they've been on not reflecting the way they like to eat in the real world. Take that meal plan for example. Perhaps you could eat that for six weeks and lose weight if you're in a caloric deficit. But eventually, you'll come off that meal plan and most likely go back to those foods you haven't eaten for the past six weeks. During that time period, you've not addressed your actual relationship with the foods you like, learned anything about nutrition, or made any choices for yourself or built habits for the longer term. You've just eaten what you've been told to eat with no real understanding of why. This leads us back to that dichotomous thinking and a rigid mindset, which has negative implications for long-term weight loss. Are there any benefits? It seems I've been harsh on meal plans and there are very few circumstances, if any, in which I'd use them with a client. However, there may be a few benefits. One, it can help you to understand portion sizes. Two, they can help give you an idea of what a day's worth of eating could look like. And three, it can help you build a varied meal. If I have a client that struggles with building meals or eating in a structured way, then using a meal plan as an experiment for them to see what a day's worth of eating could look like may be an effective tool. But it really is client dependent. And after any circumstance where meal plans are used, we would go back to building skills and habits for the longer term. 
You just listened to the post titled, Are Meal Plans Any Good? by Sam Lynch of fitinitiative.co.uk. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. Today's author, Sam, is absolutely right. We're not robots. Hmm, I guess me pointing out that fact isn't all that earth-shattering. I've had many, many patients and clients beg me to give them a meal plan. They just want to be told what to eat. If they have a plan, they promise they'll follow it. Kind of like, you know, programming a robot. So, I would go through the effort of designing a beautiful, well-balanced meal plan based on their food preferences. I would hand it over to them, and they'd be ever so grateful and excited to try it out. Fast forward a week, and guess what happened? They tried it for half a day, and then ate whatever they wanted. This used to upset me, but when I really thought about why this happened so very often, I came to a realization, the same one that Sam talked about in today's article. People really don't want to be told what to eat. They like making their own food choices. So, what if I could support my patients and clients by providing them with options instead? What if I could teach them the basics of what a balanced meal is made up of, then let them choose how to put it together? Once I made that switch, in my own experience, I found that this strategy worked a lot better. All right, that'll do it for the Monday episode. I hope you have a great start to your week and I'll be back here tomorrow as usual where your optimal life awaits.